Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is November 15th. Today we're going to continue in this week's Come Follow Me blog. We're going to jump over into James chapter 2. Now James chapter 2 is going to kind of pick up where James chapter 1 left off. Remember James chapter 1 ends with James saying, Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. So James kind of wraps up the entire gospel the entire, our entire religion in the idea of having charity for others and repenting of our sins. And he's going to continue that thought as he goes into chapter two, because he's going to talk about how we can't be judges of those who have less than us, how we can't walk in being adorned and having so much and look down upon people who have very little. In fact, I love what it says in verse five. It says, Hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom in which he hath promised to them that love him? I love that idea. The poor of this world are rich in faith. And so often we see that to be true. It's interesting. The Book of Mormon, we see over and over and over again, the pride cycle where people are poor and downtrodden and they humble themselves and then they start to be blessed temporarily by the Lord and then they get caught up in costly apparel and start to think that they're better than other people and they get proud and haughty and then they are brought low and they become humble again and we kind of see that cycle throughout the Book of Mormon. And that's not to say that there's anything wrong with having. God doesn't hate money. He doesn't hate success. He doesn't hate the wealthy. But he does ask us to exercise pure religion. He asks us to live our religion by reaching out and blessing and helping others. And perhaps that's where the people of the Book of Mormon got caught up. They looked down on other people and they began to be lifted up in their pride and lifted up in their costly apparel. As I was thinking about that and reading about it today, it reminded me of what King Benjamin teaches in Mosiah chapter 4, verse 26. He talks about obtaining a remission of our sins through Jesus Christ, but then he's going to teach us how to retain that remission of sin. He says, and now for the sake of retaining a remission of your sins from day to day, that ye may walk guiltless before God, I would that ye should impart of your substance to the poor, every man according to that which he hath, such as feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, visiting the sick, and administering to their relief, both spiritually and temporally, according to their wants. Truly, it is clear that God would have us show our faith and live our religion by reaching out in love and kindness and charity to those around us. In verse 8, he goes on to say, If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well. Now, it's interesting. I was laughing as I was reading this because I thought, well, okay, love thy neighbor as thyself. But in some ways, really, we should love our neighbors more than ourselves. We are so hard on ourselves and so critical of ourselves at times that we need to love others better than we love ourselves. In fact, the Savior teaches that when he gives us his law, which isn't just to love our neighbor as ourselves, it's to love others as he has loved us. Because he loves us without that critical eye. He loves us in a perfect way. And we should strive to love others that way as well. 
setting aside the criticism that we sometimes heap upon ourselves, we should love others in a better way than sometimes we love ourselves. Now, jumping over to James chapter 2, verses 17 and 18, these are kind of famous verses where he says, Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. This idea kind of goes hand in hand with what we talked about yesterday about be doers of the word and not hearers. God doesn't want us to just hear without doing, just like he doesn't want us to believe without acting, without living. Faith, in order to be true faith, has to be centered on Jesus Christ and it has to lead to action. One of my favorite videos in the church is by Elder Bednar, where he talks about this idea of faith being a principle of action and power. Listen to what he says. Taking action is the exercise of faith. The children of Israel are carrying the Ark of the Covenant. They come to the River Jordan. The promise is they will cross over on dry land. When does the water part? When their feet are wet. They walk into the river, act, power follows, the water parts. We oftentimes believe, okay, I'm going to have this perfect understanding and then I'm going to transform that into what I do. I would suggest that we have enough to get started. We have a sense of the right direction. Faith is a principle, the principle of action and of power. True faith is focused in and on the Lord Jesus Christ and always leads to action. Having faith is great. It's important. But my friends, faith has a sanctifying power. Faith has a converting power and a changing power when we allow our faith to move us to action. I love that example of the children of Israel carrying the Ark of the Covenant across the Jordan River. Here they are toting the most sacred thing on this earth, on their backs, and they get to the River Jordan, being promised that they would pass through on dry ground. It would have been so easy for them to just stand on the shore and say, okay, part the water, let's do this. I think most of us, in all honesty, most of us, when we are thinking that we are exercising faith, do something similar. We're kind of waiting for the evidence of that faith to appear. But the children of Israel didn't wait on the shore for the water to part. They dipped their feet in the water, believing that it would happen as soon as they exercised that faith. My friends, faith without works is dead. Our works is what solidifies our faith. Our works is what shows our faith. Now, I'm not saying we need to be works only, but the two together, faith and works, come together to have a converting power, a sanctifying power in our lives. I think sometimes we can be a little bit passive in our faith. It's like we expect conversion, we expect faith, we expect spiritual things to happen to us simply because we believe or because we show up. My friends, our Father in Heaven gave us agency for us to act and not for us to be acted upon. So it would make sense that faith would be an active thing as well. Faith is not something that happens to us. It's not something that we are acted upon. It is something that we are actively choosing. 
We are using our agency to build our faith. Our Father in Heaven who loves us and respects us and was willing to lose a third part of His children over our gift to choose is not going to force faith upon us. Rather, He invites us to grow our faith through action, through obedience, through sacrifice, through service. We were created to act. And so in all that we do, in all of our worship, in all of our belief, it should be an active thing. Now, that's sometimes hard to understand, especially when we go to church and it's a very quiet thing. It might seem very passive. We go, we sit in sacrament meeting, we take the bread, we drink the water. But in what ways can we be active about our worship? What are the works that we can do that not only will show our faith, but will increase our faith. My invitation to you today is to think about the action. What would Heavenly Father have you do as a result of your faith? Is there a work? Is there a deed? Is there something that can be done to increase your faith in Him? Understanding perfectly that our Father in Heaven is not going to take away our agency and place faith upon us, but that by exercising our faith, exercising our agency in Him, by doing and living the gospel, we invite his hand in our lives to increase our faith. So yes, faith without works is dead. But as Elder Oaks taught in a BYU leadership conference, works without faith is deader. So we have to have the two come together, allowing our faith or our belief to lead us to action and allowing our action to change our hearts to lead to greater faith. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.